Hi guys, this is Chase E. And this is Andrew M. And this is with Bite Size Success. And uh, in this, you know, we're going to take a little bit different approach. And in this video slash podcast, we're going to be going through a couple of just bullet points that deal with self-development in our personal lives. And hopefully you guys can get some value out of it. Uh, so very first thing, uh, just a brief introduction to who I am. If you guys don't know, I'm Chase E. I am the host of Bite Size Success. Oh yeah, and FYI. Uh, my son, uh, I'm watching my son today, my wife is out working, and so if there is a, uh, a random scream, it is because he's watching his favorite movie, nothing to be alarmed of, uh, I just apologize uh, in advance. Uh, but yeah, so today is going to work where we're going to go through a couple of bullet points, uh, Andrew and I are just going to talk about our experiences, our advice, uh, and hopefully you guys can learn something from it. So yeah, first things up, uh, kind of a life update, just so you kind of guys know what we're talking about. Uh, I don't know, Andrew, what's going on in your life? Um, yeah, ba basically big life update for, we'll just kind of give you guys a little brief introduction about me. Uh, Chase and I have known each other for forever. Our, our, our parents have been friends and we became friends and uh, just lifetime friends. But uh, I'm in real estate, uh, basically all aspects of real estate. My my main focus really that has gotten me into real estate was project management and real estate development. So currently building communities all throughout Southern California. Uh, secondly, I am, or basically at the same time, I'm a full-time real estate agent, buying and selling for clients and then also investing in real estate. So that's kind of my background and uh, Chase and I have uh, really share so many similarities and just thought process and just have always been on the push and hunt for the next business and, and just being successful as men and in business as well. Um, but yeah, life update is, um, you know, I've been working really hard and trying to uh, focus my entire effort and energy into one field and that's real estate. Uh, for a long time, I was working I guess you could say three jobs. Um, I was working at a coffee shop uh, from four in the morning till eight in the morning. And then from nine to five, I was working in real estate, whether that's real estate management, development, or real estate agent. Uh, and just recently, I've been able to phase out um, my coffee job and focus full time into my career. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. You know, a lot of people, it's, it helped me leverage a lot of stuff, allowed me to save for a down payment for a place. And, you know, it was definitely beneficial, but I'm excited to be able to get my sleep back um, and be able to focus on what I love, which is real estate and see where the road takes me. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really good news because like you were getting up at what, 3.30 every morning? Yep. And then you would work, you'd work your first job and you go to the next two and you'd be done. What what time? Every night I would finish at five. Five, yeah. And then so. after that, I would go to the gym for an hour yeah. and then study for two hours, eat dinner, sleep and repeat. Yeah, that's, it's nasty and that, that wears and tears on you. But it does take a certain level of discipline and resilience to be able to do it. And really to kind of set you up for for everything else, right? Because it's just it's sacrifice. You're 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 sacrificing your temporary comforts for future for future endeavor, future endeavors. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. So no, that's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, it was exciting, and and, and nothing to complain about. I'm very thankful that I, I had two like multiple jobs. I'm thankful I had multiple streams of income, and you know, even through the pandemic where people were losing a lot of jobs, you know, I'm very blessed nonetheless. And I just had goals. I had goals and, and things I wanted to attain. And it did take a second job to be able to attain that. The biggest goal was save for a down payment. And I was able to complete that. Uh, but, you know, then you get get to a point and realize, okay, your return on investment with all the amount of time and energy you put into a specific job like a coffee shop and realizing how much you're actually getting out of it. After I accomplished my goal, there was nothing else to get. There was no more return on the investment I was pouring into each and every day. So 
guess what? Now I'm able to get back four hours of sleep, which now allows me to put in leverage that four hours into investing into self-development, self-growth, self-knowledge, and then just farming for clients, investors, et cetera, uh, to be able to continue growing in real estate. So it's been a good thing. And hopefully maybe we can invest a little more in this podcast too because we just enjoy doing this so much. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm looking really forward to it. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully I'll have my own little studio. Yeah, so oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go there this time. Yeah. I'll go there. Yeah, it'll be soundproof and everything. Yeah, it'll be yeah, awesome. Exactly. But what about you, Chase? What is, uh, what's some new things for you? Uh, yeah, you know, I... I don't, yeah, it's nice because I don't really get, I don't really talk about my personal life a whole lot on, on YouTube or on the podcast or anything like that, but basically what's going on, I'm just working a lot uh, with my current job. Um, I work, I'm a, uh, I'm an import specialist, so I deal a lot with the government in trying to import products from other countries in the United States. And just with all the trade wars and the difficulties with China, it's made life very, very difficult for my work. And so just been working a lot that way. Um, which is good though. I don't mind. Um, I, I, I kind of default back to the, the only work worth doing is hard work. Right. Mm. Um, but other than that, uh, wife is pregnant with baby number two, which is due in April, which That's is so really exciting. exciting. We're pretty nervous about it cause it'll be straight C-section. So it'll be another surgery, which is kind of scary, but you oh, know, wow. you do what you got to do. And then our, our firstborn, he's doing pretty good. He had a seizure a couple of months ago, but he's doing a lot better. But yeah, so just really just dealing with just family stuff and little kids and all the kind of fun stuff that goes with that and working a lot. And then of course, just making YouTube videos and courses because that's really where my passion is, is learning and developing and productivity really is where my specialty comes in. It's just, I kind of get my hands on anything that, that will make me more productive. But yeah, that's pretty much where my life is right now. Um, nothing too crazy, but also very full. Oh man, yeah, that that's an understatement. I mean, Chase, you're married, you have a family, you have a full time career, and you're investing in yourself and your future by doing the things you're passionate about while still managing everything you have under your belt. Uh, I just manage me, myself, and I. <laughs> so you you're you're definitely you're definitely killing it, man, and, and keep up the good work. And Thanks. I'm Thanks. happy that everything's going well, pregnancy wise and uh, family wise and job wise, and it's it's good, especially during 2020. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, that actually kind of leads into our first point, right? Because it's going to be a little more, not necessarily rapid fire, but we're, we're not going to talk. Originally, the way the podcast was set up, we talk about one subject and kind of just go with it. But we'll see if we can get into multiple topics this time. And the first one that I wanted to talk about was motivation and how specifically how to stay motivated. Um, because 2020 has been a real rough year for a lot of people. And so, um, Andrew, I just wanted to hear kind of like your take or your thought process on how to stay motivated. Is motivation necessary or just what's kind of your take? Because you obviously, as much as, you know, we're both young, you definitely have a very impressive track record for your age. And so I think your input is really, really important. Hmm. Um, So what do you think of when it comes to motivation? Yeah, well, I appreciate the compliment. Um, The motivation is everything. But the thing is, for me, is you have to chase motivation because it's not going to be there when you want it to be there. And so there are days, for example, let's just talk about the gym. You know, uh, the gym has been closed 2020. Uh, and so I've had to learn how to work out outside. of. I had a goal in January, which was just to lose weight. And this is kind of like a, a side, you know, goal that I've had. But I've lost 30 pounds up to this point in, in, in the year. But in the beginning of the year, I'm like on, on all excited to lose weight, this and that. And the gym's closed. 
Well, most people, they would derail their, their goals and be like, well, I can't go to the gym, so I'm not gonna be losing weight, I'm not gonna live a healthy lifestyle. But for me, I didn't let that stop me. I figured out other ways how I could do that, such as eating healthy, which is should be part of you losing weight, but also riding bikes, going on hikes, doing things outside that you're able to do. Um, and so there are days, and why I'm talking about uh, working out is because there are so many days when I've been working from four in the three thirty in the morning till five at night that I don't want to go to the gym. And sometimes it's merely throwing on the craziest like sound of music that'll just get me going or listening to a podcast or 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 a clip from David Goggins that we were just talking about <laughs> to really make me feel that I'm lazy in that moment and just overcoming that obstacle of laziness and pushing myself because let me tell you not once and I don't think anyone has ever said man I wish I never went to the gym because the feeling that you feel after and I should say let's just let's let's rephrase that saying not once do I feel like wish I didn't work out because we can't go to the gyms right now. But not once have I ever wished I never worked out because I feel so good mentally. It just pushes all these endorphins and testosterone that just makes me feel good um, after working such a solid day. Um, but that's that's one thing I wanted to share with is sharing that goal that I had at the beginning of 2020 and still accomplishing that goal. And I, I, I did become stagnant for two weeks. I injured myself. So I, I've been stuck at home, but I've been maintaining my health through healthy food. Um, but setting goals in 2020 and accomplishing these goals feel fee, uh, fuel the motivation. When you see these little goals that you wanted to set for yourself and you've accomplished those things, feel so much motivation. I mean, it's incredible. And if there's days you don't see it, weeks you don't see it, you look in the mirror and you don't see any self-improvement. But man, when you look back and like, wait a second, I have lost how much weight? Wait a second, I can run how much further? Wait a second, I can do all these things. And you start getting motivated because you're seeing, you're seeing the accomplishments that you've done. Uh, there's been multiple things that I've accomplished this year from A, I've been wanting to get my real estate license. I accomplished that. I accomplished that three months ago. I wanted to sell my first home. I just accomplished that. I sold my first home the first year. There were so many different things. I'm getting another license uh, in December. I wanted to get my notary license so that I can sign documents for my office. I'm accomplishing that within two weeks, you know, and it's just setting yourself goals that are attainable, not overcrowding your plate um, and just doing one bite at a time. That's how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. Um, and just look, you have to self-reflect and look back at where you started from, where you are now, because those are all points to continue to feel that motivation. But realize that motivation isn't always there when you want it to be. So figure out what you need to do in order to feel that motivation and get you to, on target to be able to feel good to do and accomplish things. Have you ever had an elephant? No, I'm just kidding. No, I've never. I've never even ridden an elephant. Apparently you can't. Oh. You're not supposed to do that. Oh really? Yeah. Well, not in America, probably. Probably. Probably in Africa. I mean, on America around. America around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, yeah, I've never ridden an elephant either. I don't think I've ever ridden a horse either. But you know, besides the point. I have. I used uh, to be a cowboy. Yeah. No. 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 You. You have some really, really good points. Uh, one of the things that that you you didn't say outright, but you kind of encompass, which I think is really, really helpful, is you have a like a list of inspirational things that keep you motivated, right? Whether mm. it be um, crazy loud music or or a, a specific person who inspires you, right? You have like kind of this mental list yeah. of things that you can do that will kind of give you a burst of energy and that will kind of start you off on that momentous journey, right? Yeah. And I think that's actually a really, really good tip and a really, really good hack 
especially because we all know that we're not all motivated 24 7 like not. it's just, yeah it's just not we're the human way, yeah we're human it's just not the way that we're wired but you can you can create that list where you have access to different uh, motivation stimulants, if you will, hmm. and you can kind of just pull from that list. If maybe music isn't doing for you, then okay, listen to this one person. If this guy isn't doing it for you, then listen to another person or whatever it is, just kind of create that list and that'll really help you get started. Hmm. You know, one of the things that I've kind of been researching on and realizing about motivation is motivation is specifically it's desire. Right, that's all that motivation really is, is the desire to get up and take action. And a lot of the times we don't have that desire. And so what I have found when I recommend to, you know, people that I'm working with and stuff is you can actually create that desire. And when you create the desire, you can create your own motivation. So like specifically when it comes to like exercise or working out, a lot of people like to Andrew's point where, you know, a lot of people don't want to do it initially, but when you actually get started and you realize how good it feels when you actually take a moment and remember how good it feels and you you almost like put a capsule around that memory and you store it you can access that memory that desire to feel that feeling again and that will actually transact into motivation later down the road when you don't have any does that make sense mm -hmm. at all yeah 100 percent. Right. yeah so you're, you're literally you're 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 creating your own motivation hmm. by by taking actions that create desires in a positive way because you want to continue those positive desires and so that's how you create your own motivation. Hmm. And so I think that would actually help a lot of people starting out is you don't want to focus on the negative aspects of it. You want to focus on the positive. And then the more you do the positive, the more you want to do it and that's how you create the motivation. You know, when you see these people who are incredibly fit and incredibly buff, um, they love going to the gym, right? Because they have all of this, all of this positivity that has come from their life from doing what they've done that they've been able to associate back to working out. And so they're extremely motivated to keep going because of all that experience. When you're first starting out, you don't have that experience, so it's actually harder, uh, but you can still create your own motivation. Yeah. It's interesting that you talk about that because you're discussing basically we can turn on motivation and that's kind of a power we have to realize. The power is with us. We have the power to trigger motivation and it's through that desire. And how do we trigger that desire? You know, For me, working, I love what I do. Absolutely love what I do. It's a passion of mine. And being passionate about something, that's when motivation is so easy because you love every part of every minute of it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I have this uh, quote. Uh, so I, I was talking to Chase a little bit before this podcast and kind of gearing up for 2021, I've been rereading a book uh, called Mastery by Robert Greene. And there is this quote and it goes along with being staying, staying motivated. And uh, this is the quote. It says, think of it this way. There are two kinds of failure. The first comes from never trying out your ideas because you are afraid or because you are waiting for the perfect time. This kind of failure you can never learn from and such timidity will destroy you. The second kind comes from a bold and venturesome spirit. If you fail in this way, the hit that you take to your reputation is greatly outweighed by what you learned. Repeated failure will toughen your spirit and show you the absolute clarity how things must be done. I feel like that's kind of been the quote of 2020. 
where uh, Chase and I were talking in our previous um, podcast where, you know, people are using this pandemic that we're in as an excuse to not do something, to not set goals, to say there's always next year. All reality, guys, especially in Los Angeles, we're going into another shutdown. Uh, who knows how long the shutdown will be? And we're only a few weeks away from the end of the year. And so, you know, if we, if I were to say, I'm going to wait to become a real estate agent next year, there might not be next year in regards to shutdowns. You know, if I say, I'm going to wait to, you know, sell my first home until next year, you know, I'm wasting time, energy, and effort. And so, um, I look at it as the first failure is and and just looking at this quote is just not doing it because we're afraid i mean that we will never learn from and you know timidity that definition is just not having the courage to do something and that only destroys you and so when i think about that quote and i think about my life and and what i what i am trying to do with my goals you know it's scary to do things that you are uncomfortable with but learning to be uh, comfortable with being uncomfortable and pushing through you know, having failures and, and Chase and I have had failures in our own life, just trying to, you know, start up businesses and et cetera. Those are the things that teach us for the next time. And those are the things that motivate us by looking back, like I'm not going to fall in those same, those same problems that we had in our previous um, business, et cetera, whatever it might be. And that really motivates and fuels me to the next step. Well, yeah. And actually it's, it, it's really interesting because like when you dive into like the science of mistakes or the science of failure, um, you you really see that there's almost always only ever a positive aspect from it, right? Mm. Because you you either are successful in what you're trying to do, or you learn and get better. So there actually really isn't that much of a downside. Yeah, it may cost you some other form of resource like time or money. But your overall character is well-rounded and better for it. So I, I don't think it's necessarily that we fear failure so much as that we're actually programmed um, from childhood to fear failure. And it's actually something that we have to unlearn as we get older, right? Because it's, it's a very basic system that we learn um in order to you know obey our parents and in order to stay safe right is you don't want to do something in the form of a mistake because that could hurt that could harm but when you get old and you get more developed you have to unlearn that because that'll actually unlock your true potential because you actually take larger steps outward um and so i think i was reading in a book the other day where uh mistakes aren't mistakes mistakes are literally just another way of getting things done and that's really a good way to look at it is it's just another way to get things done. And so even though you're not going to be perfect and even though things aren't going to go your way, you should still take action. You should still, you know, move forward, even if it's not perfect. And it probably won't be perfect your first time around. And that's OK. Again, it's just another way of getting things done. Um yeah, I think back to like when I, you know, when I still to this day when I publish videos on YouTube and courses, like they're, they're never perfect and I always want to do more edits and add more information, but I still just have to kind of move forward and publish what I have and, um, and I'm better for it, right? I'm better for it because over mm. the long term, I'll have more videos published. I'm not going to be stuck in this, uh, uh, this perfectionist 
attitude that is uh, is debilitating. And, uh, and I learn from, from it, right? I, instead of stopping myself, I'll just make a mental note. Okay, I want to do it this time. I'm not going to do it this time. I'm actually going to push myself to publish. But next time, I'm going to do it this way. And I learn, I get better, and I get better, and I get better. And so it's, it's literally just another way to get things done. And mm. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. It's a powerful way of looking yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. And I, think, and I think that attitude really encompasses the kind of unlearning how you've been programmed from childhood um, for safety reasons, right? It's just don't look at it as like a mistake is a really bad thing. Uh, if you fail a test, it's a really bad thing. You just have to look at it as another way of getting what needs to get done done. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I really had a um, – yeah, I just think a lot of people are really struggling with just motivation and in general. And and yeah, they're just they're they allow the 2020 to really get in the way of what they want to do. And I think it's really important to stress how your conscience and your subconscious work because the way that your conscience works, your conscience is the you that's thinking right now. It's the you that's making decisions and it has the ability to see in the future like like to uh, predict Right. If I drop a book, I know it's going to fall and hit the floor. Right. That's my conscience. The subconscious is all your habits. It's all your memories. It's uh, it's every it's all it's your um, uh, your your non automatic or your, I'm sorry. It is your automatic system. Your conscience is your uh, non automatic system. It's your entire automatic system. And it defaults to lazy because it wants to preserve as much energy as possible. And a lot of people are living a subconsciously dominated mind uh, or a subconsciously dominated life where they just they allow their subconscious to make decisions for them to default to that lazy attitude and that allows their subconscious to create any excuse not to take action Mm. right not to exude energy or to expel energy Um, they really just operate to conserve right and that's really what we're seeing we're seeing a lot of people oh 2020 is really bad I'm just going to hibernate until things get better. And that's just not the right way to live. You actually need to go out there and you need to create the life that you want to live regardless of the outcome. There's a lot of people making a lot of money right now um, doing things morally, and it's because they're just not waiting. Yeah, yeah. So. And it's learning to, you know, I, I taking this just kind of on a side tangent, but in order to do well in business, you always have to adapt with uh, changing things and typically businesses are cha- uh, changing trends and times typically businesses have been adapting to technology because in a normal life that's kind of what constantly changes in our lives is technology but i think people are kind of forgetting that you also need to adapt with just life so those who are adapting with what 2020 was and uh, they were you know unfortunately not the greatest circumstances there are people, even in my industry, we're making phenomenal money because we've learned to adapt and change accordingly so that we can still grow and offer services that weren't available a year ago. You know, And it's just always thinking about in your own personal life, how do you adapt within the circumstances of yourself and your personal life to continue growing? Um, because you'll be able to not hit, you'll be able to navigate those roadblocks in your life to continue finding that success that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, no, that's yeah, it's it's so true. Um, well, do you have any other comments before we move on to the next one? No, I think that was that was yeah, pretty good for. Was. I was trying to stay motivated in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Okay, so then the next 
the next thing I want to talk about, and this is a subject that is actually extremely rare when it comes to the world of self-development. It's something I really want to dive into over the next couple of years, um, just because it's all over like the Bible and Proverbs, and there's just so much good that comes of it. Um, and it's just the power of words. Hmm. And this is something that I think Andrew and I are actually really good at because we've always been really good at customer service, right? We've actually, we've worked together in customer service and, and separately in customer service. And so we've already, we've always been really good with dealing with people and, um, and just working and just working with people, I think, just understanding the power of what we say. And, you know, this is something that I think is a, is a massively growing problem in 2020 because I'm just seeing a lot of hate. I'm seeing a lot of people who are looking for trouble and finding it. Mm. And I'm seeing a lot of people who have an opportunity to use their words to find peace, but instead use their words to find, um, uh, what am I looking for? Not to find anger, to find uh, hostility, right? Yeah. They're, they're just looking for a fight and they're finding it. It's just, it's just cascading into, into a lot of issues, a lot of troubles. And I'm sorry, but your life is just going to be worse off if you if you optimize for for fighting as opposed to optimize for peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Andrew. What do you think, or what do you think? Yeah, it's very interesting that you send over this topic for me to kind of think about because I have been thinking about the power of speech in other ways personally in the industry I am in, Mm. especially with sharing bits and pieces and videos on social media on how to build communities. There's just been things I've been trying to tailor in my own self. For example, my biggest thing I've learned is the power of silence. Mm. I'm... I have noticed is that I've been, I don't like silence. And so I'll fill in not even words, but like it sounds in my speech <laughs> to fill in those gaps. Yeah. And so instead of trying to fill in gaps with ands and likes and ums, ums has been the biggest thing for me. I think it is with everyone. <laughs> for everyone. But I've really been trying to focus on how do I sound more professional? Hmm. And use silence as a powerful tool to create space within my speech to show and provide importance within a specific topic that I'm that I'm reading or I mean that I'm talking about and being able to share, you know, or, or, or push my direction of what I'm trying to tell at a stronger rate for people. And so for me personally, it's been this little thing and I have great, you know, people on site, maybe my boss do, if I'm saying too many ums and ands and lags, I'll be like, oh, in this one phone call, because when I get nervous, that's when they kick in. And there's 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 parts of my job where I have to fake it till I make a kind of deal where like I don't want to show people I'm nervous because it's a very big thing I'm doing. And so instead of rambling, you know, literally, Right when I started this, I had one phone call and I had 110 ums. Huh. And it was a few minute phone call, but I was like, that's embarrassing to myself. No one else would recognize it. And other people were like, I wouldn't even know, notice it, but I asked them to count it because I'm just trying to work on myself. And so I just want to be more professional in my speech. And I love how Chase was talking about hate speech and just being negative in life. Negativity does nothing profound in your life but make a situation more negative for yourself, not even the situation. And something I've been learning too is it's been – I'm kind of thankful and this is going to sound really weird. 
but it's really easy for me to rise to the top of the certain industry I'm in in certain circumstances because of all the negativity mm. of different people talking bad about each other. And there's been three things that I've been working on besides the ums and the likes and the thus or in the us is when I'm talk when I'm calling in real estate, there are three trends I notice: lack of picking up their phone calls and always running uh, calls into voicemails. I, I that is a ninety percent of the chance I know I'll never be talking to someone who I'm trying to call when it comes to being a real estate agent. <laughs> Second is tonality. There's so much negative tonality that when they do call, it's as if I'm bothering them. Um, and third is just being kind. And it just blew my mind. And I was speaking to someone about this, um, the owner of the company I'm a part of. And he's like, you'll be surprised on how many people in this industry are like that. And I'm like, well, I'm not like that. And so I, in, in my industry, I've got to pick up my phone the second if it rings. And I'm just always on that. I pick up phone calls left and right, you name it. And so I'm starting to create a trend and, and credibility for myself when people do call about a certain listing that I have or um, they're calling about whatever agree, whatever purchase agreement, listing agreement, whatever it might be. It allows me – they know that they're, I'm always going to pick up the phone call or return it as quick as I can, which I rarely miss phone calls. Have great tonality, which just is uplifting in a phone call in a, a phone conversation. And I'm just going to be – even if there's something wrong, I'm not going to direct that – wrongful situation towards them it's just like hey this is the problem how are we going to fix it and it's all about bringing positivity into the negative aspects of life in general um, and just being professional and for me that's what i've been working on i mean as chase has mentioned yeah we've been we've been in customer service for our entire lives and we deal with so many negative people in customer service and if you want to learn to be to handle anybody in life you work for customer service food industry any industry that you're dealing with people nonstop. It's amazing how many negative people come through. And I think uh, there's some sort of quote out there where it takes more muscles to like have like a pouty, frowning face yeah. than it is to smile. Yeah. And let me tell you, just being happy in life. Oh, here's, here's, some, here's one last little tangent. <laughs> the difference between happiness and joy is that happiness is just a mere feeling for just a moment. Joy is forever. Right. And so if you can find your joy in life, you know, then you can feel that happiness and that happiness bounces off that joy. But you'll never – even though your happiness might be gone, you still have joy. And for me in my life, in my personal life, that's for me in my faith. I have joy forever. Um, but I'm also able to feel that joy and, and, and on top of that joy, I have passions such as work and real estate. Uh, but happiness is something you've got to work on every single day. But as long as you have constant joy in your life, you never fall out of deeper than joy for the most part. So even though your happiness is just for a mere moment, you will always have joy forever and that helps a lot too. Yeah, yeah. No, you actually, you made a lot of really good points. One of them I want to dive in, or at least one of the thoughts that I thought of uh, while listening to you was um, the the initial effort it takes up front to have personality, to you know have accessibility on the phone, to have personality, just to be kind in your speech, right? The initial effort up front is probably almost always worth it in the end, right? It may require a little more energy because maybe you're not feeling that great, which is why you tend to answer rude or have calls just go to voicemail. But if you invest that initial energy up front, you'll probably do much better uh, in your area of expertise than most people, right? And we saw that even from a customer uh, customer service standpoint where, you know, if we answer an angry, an angry customer with anger, 
bro, like it's not going <laughs> over well. Like that's just not the way you need to you can handle it. Yeah. Um, but if you invest that initial energy up front, you know, a little bit of energy up front, be kind, then that helps diffuse the anger and you actually can create a relationship with that person and you'll business wise you'll be better off. And so I'm actually I'm curious to see over the long term of your real estate career of how how much you'll stand out in mm-hmm. comparison to all these people who are really difficult to work with. Because I even see that in my own career where I just, I prioritize not speaking negatively of anyone. Yeah. I promote peace mm. over over war, right? When people are angry at each other, I try to get them to, um, to see the other point of view and just to kind of calm everything down, just make things as smooth as possible. And there's great value in that. And I think everyone is better off because of that. And I'm personally, I think I'm financially rewarded for it, you know, over the long term when it comes to like raises and responsibilities. You but, become a likable person. Yeah, exactly. And you become very valuable mm-hmm. when, when you're constantly seeking peace instead of war, right? And it's interesting because the whole trend right now with with politics is everyone everyone wants world peace, but they're right there arguing and fighting with everyone else. And it's like, it's very hypocritical. They're trying to solve world peace by fighting. Yeah, it, it, dude, they, right there. That's genius. And exactly. that doesn't, that's not how you solve it. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's not even peace to begin with. Yeah, yeah. You know, just a, real quickly, in the industry I, I, I'm in, there are so many people I know who are multi-millionaires. And every single one of those successful, successful people I know are people's person. Person, yeah. they're, they're, yep. They know how to handle themselves and just talk and communicate. And just not even being professional, but just talking, um, uh, just talking in general. Guys, when we're dealing with investors, I deal with investors in order to bring money to do what they call, we, we do all the work. When we purchase a piece of land, uh, we get uh, people to fund the equity of the piece of land so we can move forward, get all the development work, get a construction loan, then build and sell. And that's just really quickly. But in order for a random person to come into our office and want to invest, if I were cold to them, not acknowledge them, just say sign here, how are they ever going to trust us? The beginning of trust, the, the beginning of having building trust with an individual is being personable. You know, there's this quote that Chase and I know very well, and it's people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. Yep. That was from our first boss, from our very first job we worked together. <laughs> and one of the quotes I listen, I hold on to every single day because yeah, it's, so it's so true. true. It the moment true. that I and begin before I even begin talking about investments or business, we shoot the breeze. Hey, you know, how was your Thanksgiving? Or you know, oh, you like writing? There was a gentleman who was who was investing six figures and up. In a project, come to find out, he was a, a cyclist. We talked about b- riding bikes for half an hour. Now, every time he comes to the office to invest in another project, he's like, "Hey, what was the last ride he went on?" Nice. And we we like talking about that. And guess what? He's building trust and confidence in me and investing more and more. And so it becomes such a win-win, just in so much. But just sh- wanting to share, those who have tons of money in the industry I'm in have great personalities. Are, are people's persons and they know how to handle themselves in front of each other while still being professional. Yeah, there's actually, um, uh, I've, I've talked to other people who are higher up in other industries as well and they said there's actually, there's this cap. There's this cap where if you're, if you're not a quote unquote people's person, meaning you're not good with people, you actually get capped at a certain income level um, where you just can't get past because no one wants to work with you or not as many people want to work with you. And so it, it makes sense financially in the long run 
to just focus on your speech and and optimize for peace as opposed to war Mm. right even if someone comes at with anger it's really a skill set that you need to develop when someone comes at you angry um learn how to diffuse it instead of automatically getting you know angrier i think that's one of the biggest positive things that we learned you know working in the food industry for so many years is you can't respond to someone with anger yep it just it, it just will not help anything you have to learn how to control yourself and and move forward and i really like what you were saying about um about how you're focusing on specific things in your speech to make you sound more more authoritative. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. Even I remember back when I was a restaurant manager, you know, when you're managing people twice or three times your age, you have to have authority. And the way you speak is huge into that. And so I think that's that's a really good point where you're actually focusing on specifics in, uh, in kind of mastering that. Uh, just, to, just to kind of give you... Um an example or give you guys a recommendation on a book that I think uh, Chase would agree with too is um, How to Win Friends and Influence Others is humongous and just how you handle yourselves with people people that may be older than you younger than you um, if you're in a management position or you're not you're just trying to work uh, you know professionally with someone that teaches you so much on how to handle yourself and work with people Uh, just like you were talking about you don't respond in anger towards others because People who are who, if you're doing something wrong and, and the response is anger or for you know anger towards me because I did something wrong, I am less likely to change. You know I, I yeah. don't have any motivation yeah. to change because you've angered me. Now I feel like you've done something wrong to me. Yeah, you, you, know? you don't have any influence anymore, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a fan. Oh, I love that book. I read that book at least once a year. Um, yeah, how to inf- how to inf- how to win friends and influence Thank others. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. By uh, Fitzgerald. Um, no, it's Dale Carnegie. Or Dale, uh, Carnegie. It, yeah, Dale Carnegie. Yeah, Dale Carnegie. Sorry, Sorry yeah. about How that. to win friends and influence people, right? Yes, so, yeah, yes. yes. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. yeah, Dale Carnegie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I own that book physically and audibly. Yeah, it's yeah, so I good. own that book so physically good. too. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. A, High a, recommendation. A must read. Um, it'll just it'll help you out so much, even just from a, a self development perspective. Everything that you do of value will be doing it with other people right so learning how to communicate is critical to that and like i said it's definitely something i'm going to be diving in deep in the next couple of years because i just don't think it's talked about enough yeah uh, in in today's world especially for our generation they just they don't they skip that part they skip that part they just don't know how to disagree with someone and how to work it out it just goes straight into just fight yeah and and something i've been learning too because it's hard to explain who I am over a microphone, but you know I'm a people's person, but I'm also not an ag- I'm a I'm a very I'm not an aggressive person, and so one thing I've been taught by my boss this year, and he his quote is, "The more nerve you have, the more you will earn." And so he's like, "You've mm. got to be nervy and ask questions you don't want to ask questions because those are the questions that are going to close deals. Those are the questions that are awkward, yes, but are going to get you your money, get you to your next, you know, whatever might be accomplishment." But I've learned so much from that one speech because my boss, he's an incredible man. I've learned so much. He's a he's a he's a mentor more than a boss, and and I just I'm I'm thankful enough to work under him. But he he and I can even see in different conversations. He, You've got to ask the question, are you guys going to sign? You know, like, are, is this going to be a deal you guys sign on? Or are you going to put in more than 100? You know, whatever it might be. 
Um, but take that as you as it is. Once you kind of get further, depending on where you're at in learning to be professional people with people. But with my personality, and for me, it's not. I have a hard time asking those questions. But learning to have nerve professionally, you will earn more. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No. Good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um. Yeah. So yeah. That I think. Yeah, that was that was really good. That was really good. Uh, the next topic we have is, um, what are you learning right now? Slash, what is your growth plan? Like, are you reading anything? Mm. Um, what are you working on specifically? I know you just talked about your speech, because yeah. um, I think it's really important to, for people to have a growth plan. Right? It doesn't have to be something elaborate, but I think it's important for people to understand specifically what they're working on. Um, because if you don't push yourself to grow, no one else will. And life will really just kind of move by you and you'll miss out on a lot of things. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I know you told me you want to start reading, you want to start reading more. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'll share with you guys a little bit about um, what I have been um, uh, trying to learn and what I'm kind of, I'm, I'm gearing for 2020 uh, basically uh, and what my growth plan. So I have, uh, written down I have uh, quite a bit um, and that is buying and selling real estate so as you guys heard a little bit I, I became a real estate agent just three months ago uh, and I'm, I have a lot to show my boss because he has done very well in his in his career and I want to just touch uh, and, and following his footsteps and learning to just be the best real estate agent I can and have a great name. Uh, the second thing is in investing in real estate. I'm working on buying my first rental income property. I'm in the, the beginning stages of finding the perfect spot to be able to invest and, and have renters paying down my, um, um, more, uh, uh, paying my mortgage each month and building equity for me. Uh, and lastly, it's uh, learning social media and YouTube. I'm creating a YouTube channel and, and trying to push my social media platforms and really just trying to build a brand. You know, I'm in, if you guys can group all those into one thing, it's mastering real estate. Hmm. I'm in real estate. I see the building of real estate because I'm in real estate development and I am in the buying and selling and in the investing. So I see a lot of areas in real estate and I want to master every area and aspect of real estate so that I can, I can just grow it and be successful in real estate. Uh, so that's what I'm, I, 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 my goals are this coming year. And um, in doing so, the first step was quitting my job and uh, allotting more time back into um, the office. And now I'm dedicating that time to learning. So that's reading books. My goal is to read three books a month in, in, in business, self-development, and just you know individual people I look up to to, to know more about them. Um, Using, utilizing that time to invest and farm into clients and um, working with um, uh, just gaining connections and being able to buy and sell for clients. And then lastly is learning from those that I work with who are successful in investing and, and getting those assets under my belt and building a rental portfolio. So yeah, those are the, the, the little aspects that I'm working on in my life and what I'm doing in order to do so. And I'm really excited for that. Well, yeah, and like real estate is no small niche right there is tons of information there's tons of legal things there's a lot of there's a <laughs> lot of stuff that you can do with it so yeah you definitely have a lot on your plate but what what i really like about that is you, the way that you describe it is it looks like a pyramid right where you have kind of like your mastery your main mastery that you highlighted which was real estate is at the top and then it kind of branches out 
into all these other smaller subcategories, right? Where you're kind of mastering individually, but all in all, when you put it all together, it leads up towards that one mastery. Yeah. And I think that that's really important because a lot of people don't really realize what they're trying to master mm. or what they're even going for. And it just creates a lot of ambiguity that leads to inaction, which which I think gets in the way of a lot of people's productivity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know me, I I read a lot. I read, gosh, at least 100 books a year. And, you know, I'll continue to do so. But, yeah, it's really just, for me, I'm just trying to master productivity. The more I learn about production, the more I realize that it's an absolute necessity to life, right? Because you you have the people who don't really understand production and where, you know, just one job that makes, you know, a small amount of money is all that they can really handle. Um, and, you know, yeah, maybe they have a small family and that's all that they do with their life. You know, when you don't understand how to master and how to get things done effectively. But when you master how to get things done effectively, then all of a sudden you can get your first job done in a couple of hours. You can get another job. You can use that extra income to start investing to master something else. You can learn how to read fast. You can learn, you know, new skills that will level you up. You just, you have access to so much more in life. And so Mm. what my mastery is and what I'm really trying to not to beat a dead horse, but to master, especially in 2020 and 2021, is how to be as productive as possible and then teach it to others, right? That's really the source yeah. of Bite Size Success. That's the source of my YouTube channel and you know the courses that I produce. It really just kind of focuses in on how to maximize your productivity because if we get more done, then we provide more value to the world and we get more out of the world, right? Mm -hmm. The more value we're able to produce, the more reward we will receive. And so the more I teach that to people and the more that I master, the bigger impact that I can make. And so really productivity slash production is really what I'm just focusing on. I'm trying to get my hands on as many books as possible and then trying to communicate that as uh, as best that I can in the form of YouTube videos, because I know people just don't have as much time as I do to read, or just don't have the desire to read as much as I do, because I I absolutely love it. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm I mean I I'm currently reading like five different books, but that's that's, that's crazy. That's that, good. That, that's how I do it. Yeah, I just I, and I like Chase having... has always been, and that's what I love about Chase. Is Chase dives so deep into knowledge, and knowledge is power, and we know that. Oh. And and uh, Chase spends and dedicates his time and let me tell you how much of an impact that has made in his own life and life of others and even in my own life if i have a question chase knows it i mean especially i, I got just, a book for it yeah. he, he does he always has a book for it he tells me and i love if you want a good recommendation chase is the person <laughs> that i always know about reading and that's just the power of dedicating yourself um who is that gentleman who is just is known for investing in stocks. Um, do you remember his name? For investing in stocks. Uh, like he's, he's Warren like, Buffett? Warren Buffett, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Warren Buffett just talks about the power of reading. And oh, the more the more you learn, the more you earn. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That was the quote. And yeah. he, Chase probably remembers that from the book he read. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's so true. The more you learn, the more you earn. And without a doubt, that's what it's about. Yeah. Hey, nice. nice. Dang, bro. <laughs> Professional the more, speech the, right there. The more you learn, the more you earn. Yep. And that's what it's... Wait, no. How, wait, what'd you say? The more you earn... The more you the learn. More learn. And that's what it's all about. And that's what it's all about. I know. I thought you said something else. I could have. Uh, no, I don't. You, I, short term. I think you, you said something else. That it rhymed with about. 
I don't know. Well, probably well, about like reading. You probably read that. Uh, read a book. For, I don't know. Oh, uh, we'll we'll go back. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll listen to it in the podcast. Uh, it, it sounded really good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, learning is critical. You have to become a learning machine. Uh, because we live in the age of information, those who learn faster will be at the top of their industry while everyone else is just trying to catch up. Yeah, you have you have to learn how to become a learning machine. And it doesn't take that much. Like I'm telling you, uh, and this is not to like throw anyone under the bush, but just the average person that I know in my like, fr- not fr- I don't want to say acquaintance group. Let's say acquaintance group. This is not, this is not to like be cocky at all, but. I'm really we're far ahead of so many people in our lives yeah. just because we yeah. t- decided to dedicate our time in learning and always learning for ourselves whether that's personal growth, financial growth, you have to do that in order to be successful in life and the average person does not do that, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely it, it it ages you in a good way, right? Where mm-hmm. you can hold conversations with people much older, much more responsible. And yeah, it just opens more doors. I yeah, the I have such, or I, I don't even want to toot my own horn and say I have a very well-rounded oh, you do. view. Because I've read so much. I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of non, right, non-fiction, not fiction. Yeah, non-fiction. Um, so I just, I have a lot of quote-unquote other people's experiences that I can draw mm, from yeah. that most people don't. So while I'll be talking to someone, I'll just be like, I don't even understand why you can come to that conclusion because I have so much evidence that would disagree with that. But yeah, reading is absolutely critical. You you level up faster. The more you learn, the more you earn. Um, it definitely is important to have a growth plan in place for your future. Yep, 100%. Uh, yeah, always always be learning, always be learning. There was, uh, as we kind of finish this subject real quick, there was a uh, one last quote, and I'm, it's gonna be Robert Greene. Uh, and if you guys you know don't realize now, um, read the book mastery it'll change change your life but talking in my growth plan and what i'm learning right now what i'm looking forward for 2020 is this quote and it says in the end the money and success that truly last come not to those who focus on such things as goals but rather to those who focus on mastery and fulfilling their life's task and to me i am so 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 passionate i love 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 real estate uh, and because I'm so passionate and love it so much, I'm just gonna make it my mission to master it. Um, and hopefully I can live this out with Robert Greene's quote um, and find that success um, that comes through mastering this specific field. Yeah, yeah, it, there's a comp- it, it compounds on itself, right? It's the power of compound interest because compound interest isn't only, uh, isn't strictly money, right? It's also knowledge, it's, it's very much knowledge. Uh, so yeah, focusing your energy is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, that's that's good. Um, so the next topic is delayed gratification. Oh, this one, this one's a big one. This is a big, big one. Yeah. Oof. You want to take it away for the first first part? Ooh. Okay. So I think this is the number one. Um. I don't know, aspect, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's the number one attribute that successful people have. And I and I wanted to bring it up with you specifically because I feel like real estate is very heavy on delayed gratification. Oh, yeah. You guys have to invest heavily for years a lot of the times before you actually see a payout. Mm-hmm. But the payout is very substantial, which makes it all worthwhile. And yeah. so... 
I would argue that delayed gratification is actually a skill mm. that needs to be trained on a daily basis. Yes. Right? So you need to train yourself to delay gratification, right? Skipping the dessert or doing what's hard early and doing what's easy later, right? Don't reward yourself until the end of the day. These things are, I think, really, really important to train. And I don't think a lot of people think of it as a skill. Um, I think it actually helps a lot when you actually think of it as a skill. Because the, the people who are more successful are more successful at delaying gratification, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure you see that in, you know, with all the extremely wealthy people that you work that you work with some of these times where they're really good at waiting a long time for a property to sell or for to actually be able to make profit on something. Um, so I don't know what are your what are your personal thoughts and experiences uh, with six in the relation of success and delayed gratification in your industry? Yeah. Well, real estate is everything it, it, it that is you that's you basically say that um, delayed gratification is what real estate is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For example, we build land, our, our communities, building a home, for example, or building homes, for example. One of my projects, it's uh, 10 units, three-story townhomes or luxury townhomes. It's been two years since we purchased the piece of land, gone all the plans approved, and we're now finally just getting our construction loan and building in December. The payout's phenomenal, several million dollars, and that's what most projects are, but it takes years to get to that point. Hard work is that delayed gratification. Uh, even when it comes to, um, um, you always, um, in, or even in real estate in regards to like finding homes and stuff. I closed on, or I sold the home on Saturday, but I don't get my, my, my payout for, it could be 30 days if it's a 30 day escrow. And sometimes things fall through escrow. So you work so hard and sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't and that's just real estate. But it's it's the, the, that bit of tasting success um, in the industry that keeps you moving forward. I was reading, um, I was waiting for um, or reading through this and talking about just the importance of delayed gratification and really when the way I see it, as I look at it as like there's two paths that you can take in any situation. Uh, the path of avoiding pain in the moment, you know, and the other path is the more difficult path of delaying pleasure for a bigger purpose. I feel like that's the biggest part that makes delaying gratification uh, so much um, pow- more powerful because um, so yeah so the way I see it there are two paths uh, when it comes to delayed gratification and, and, and letting you guys know in the industry I'm in real estate it's all about delayed gratification uh, the two paths that I see in any given situation when it comes to gratif- self gratification or delayed gratification is one path the path of avoiding pain in the moment and the other path is the more difficult path of delaying pleasure for a bigger purpose. And man, let me tell you, when you reach those bigger purposes, it is so much more rewarding knowing that you delayed that gratification. You know, our court, our, our culture, the norms um, that we have, they encourage us to, us to seek these band-aid solutions, uh, these temporary comforts, basics, uh, basically whatever it takes to ease our discomfort now. You know, for example, like breakups. In a breakup, a lot of of the time, people in the relationship or the past relationship, 
in order to cope their hurting feelings, they'll go out and do big purchases. So what do they call it? It's like a buying therapy or something. It's it's weird. Like they'll, you'll see them just make enormous purchases, and I'm just people are just it's blows me away. I, I, my friends tell me about this, and just it's fascinating. But <laughs> here's something for me um, in a personal life. I have a car. It's a 2005 Honda Element. I take great care of it. Still looks pretty dang well for being how old it is. A lot of people will keep telling me, you can buy a car. You should buy this. You should buy that. And yeah, my next car is going to be is, is what I want to be a Tesla. And I can go out and buy that Tesla now, but I am holding off that gratification because I'm utilizing my money instead of pouring it into a car, I'm pouring it into an investment property to build my portfolio. Because guess what? In the future, waiting a few months to buy that car is going to make me more money in the long run. And I'm going to look back years later of a rental portfolio of like, wow, holding myself off a few months to buy a car I really wanted has allowed me financial freedom and not being able to work anymore because I have X amount of rental portfolios, you know? And I just think that you know, in our culture where they're always pushing and encouraging us to have these solutions, these temporary comforts, you know, people making unhealthy decisions, whether it might be like drugs, sex, alcohol, all those things are what band-aids, all those things are just mere temporary comforts that can have really big detrimental aspects in our specific lives that can really hurt us in the future. And those are just things that come off the top of my head when thinking about this. But it's so apparent in the prevalence of like casinos or com- uh, commercials for psychiatric medications or the getting rich quick scheme. Guys, if that worked, I would have been rich by now. Chase and I would have been rich by now. You know, there's no such thing as getting rich quick. It takes time. Getting rich is literally, we can put that under the umbrella of delayed gratification. You've got to put in the time, the energy, the effort, just like working out and losing weight. You don't take a pill and the next day you're 25 pounds and have a six pack. No, you know, and that's just, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The majority of what's good in your life is going to be, is going to come from delayed gratification, right? You didn't marry the first person you met. Nope. You didn't, uh, you know, you weren't able to buy or yeah, you just, yeah, sorry. I went off on a really wacko tangent there, but yeah, delayed gratification is incredibly important and it's a skill like Andrew was saying that is, that is really difficult to harness in today's society. Because pretty much the way that the economy works is that if it saves you time, if it is easier, if it makes life easier for you, then it is going to be top of the market. Yep. And and so we're just we're getting more and more used to instant gratification, and it really robs us of our true potential, right? When it's interesting because like my goal is to build out a YouTube channel um, over the course of the next five and ten years. And, you know, financially, I want it to be large enough to where that YouTube channel is making, you know, upwards of 100 to $150,000 a year. Now, when you say someone like, oh, my gosh, that's a great when you tell them what your income goal is like, that's a fantastic income goal to have. And then when you tell them how long, you know, five or 10 years, they're like, ooh, you can do that for five or 10 years. And in the grand scheme of things. Like if 10 years goes by, there's very little that I can do to probably make that kind of income. Heck, people are going to school for five or 10 years Mm. and getting that much in debt. They're going negative. But for whatever reason, when it comes to like building an asset over five or 10 years, even if the asset will net you, you know, 1.5 million a year, 
people look down on that because they're just they're so scared of delayed gratification Mm -hmm. but it truly is if you're okay sucking the next five years and putting all your resources into an asset then you'll be set for life five years is a small price to pay for the amount of opportunity that you could get over the long term yep but like like i said it it really just goes down to starting to delay gratification with the small things. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of train that muscle and then it allows you to delay gratification with the larger things, right? Andrew's been good at, at delaying gratification in the small things. And so now he's able to kind of flex, for lack of a better term, flex his muscle and delay gratification on buying a new car, even though he can afford it cash. Mm-hmm. So, it, and then, you know, eventually down the road, you know, say he's got a million dollars cash, he could go buy a home cash, but guess what? He's going to delay the gratification and do what's best for his economic standpoint overall. And so it's just a muscle that gets trained over time and people need to start training it now or you just get stuck at the bottom of the barrel constantly um, reliant on other people who do know how to delay gratification. So, and, and that's what you see. Like, you look at the most the wealthiest people in the world, Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg. These guys, they delayed gratification for a really long time, and they built massive businesses. Massive. And that's how they were able to obtain their level of wealth. And so it's really an underrated skill that really needs to be taken into, uh, into serious consideration because it truly will unlock everything in your life. You know, I think that um, a lot of people don't realize the value in having patience during difficult times. Mm. I mean, just talking, I mean, my brother just got married and I'm super happy for him. And it was just cool to be able to hear a perspective from just so many people who are pouring into their lives. They get married and, you know, it's just having patience through the thick and thin of times in any relationship. I was in a relationship for quite some time and, you know, to get back from that tangent, it's just, you know, you got to have patience during difficult times, you know. You rather, I know people, you know, you got to work hard and have those patience while you're working hard towards a specific goal like Chase was talking about. Many people want to lose weight now and they and they rather buy the latest and greatest cell phone and not save for retirement. You know, we often, literally, we often make life choices according to how we avoid pain in the moment we're looking for the easiest route out uh, way out and in doing so we fail to see the path of delayed gratification and that's sometimes where our real solutions to our problems lie and that's just the biggest reality of it living for a purpose becomes impossible at that point if you really think about it because life spent avoiding pain doesn't result in goals getting accomplished that if i could have that branded tattooed for real or put on my shirt having a life uh, per, uh, become, uh, life of purpose becomes impossible at that point because life spent avoiding pain does not result in goals getting accomplished. It's just that simple. And I just look at it, you know, even in looking at your life and my life, so many friends or people that I know buy the flashy cars. They put themselves in $40,000 in debt for a truck or, I mean, not a truck, like a, a, a like a nice luxury car, whatever it might be, and they have a $500 car payment. They are spending thousands of dollars in, in designer clothes or hundreds of dollars a month in designer clothes, 
have every subscription under the sun, you know, buy toys under a mortgage that sets them back further. And those are people's personal things that they do and that's fine and that's totally okay. But seeing Chase's life, my life, our family's lives at del- having delayed gratification and seeing how fruitful it has been for them, let alone the industry where I literally see that every single day and the payouts are a hundredfold is incredible. And man, it's like, this is the best example. Imagine there's a big mountain, it's Mount Everest, okay? And you wanna get to the top of Mount Everest, but there's an easy way to do that, and that's to take a helicopter and be picked up and dropped off. The great thing is you're gonna be able to tell your friends, oh yeah, the helicopter was so awesome, it was so cool, and we were at the top of Mount Everest, I got an Instagram pic for my for my social media, and boom, it was amazing. No one cares about that story. Everyone cares about the friend who you are with who actually endured the journey, went and hiked every aspect of that mountain, had those near-death experiences, and got to the top. They have a story and experience to tell rather than the person who took the shortcut, the painless route, and got to the top of a mountain and experiencing no gratification. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. (laughs) It's so true, too, because it's like, if, if the journey's easy, no one cares. And, mm. and even you yourself don't care because it didn't require a lot of effort. It didn't require a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. It's when it does require effort and sacrifice that you gain self-respect and you actually gain other people's self-respect. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And gaining respect feels so good. Yeah. When people look up to you, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you come from you know, rags to riches, that there's something about the rags to riches story that's so much more enticing than the rich to richer, mm. right? Where, yeah, you were born into a multi-million dollar family and then you turned it into, you know, more money. It's like, yeah, you had such a big head start. It's kind of easy to do that, but man, oh, you started from nothing and you were able to build all that? That's yeah. fantastic. That's inspirational. You know, what, tell me your story. The story of many, like the CEOs that we hear, Jeff yeah. Bezos, mm-hmm. him being an accountant on what, uh, you know, in New York and, and quitting his job and everyone thought he was crazy too. Yeah. Steve Jobs, who was a hippie and was building these computers out of his garage, you know, with friends. And, you know, correct me if any of those stories are a little incorrect. Those are just things that I remember off the top of my of my mind but it's incredible to hear everyone starts off somewhere but the people who fight to get to where they want to be are the stories worth listening to yeah and we learn from those stories and we learn from those people and those are the people you want on their team on your own team because they're not going to give up when times are hard yeah exactly exactly and i think i think it ties into every single other point that we've talked about up to this point right it it comes down to you know Delayed gratification ties directly into your growth plan and your learning and books, right? Because the amount of, so say you buy a book for $15 and then the resources that book requires, maybe five hours of reading, right? Those resources can easily be spent on like a purse or on some nice shoes, but those shoes will only give you a small amount of value over time. Whereas the book over time will give you immense value. And so when you kind of just prioritize that delayed gratification over the educational side, you'll really just level up your life massively over time. Because like Andrew's saying, a lot of people have a $500 car payment, but they're not investing in themselves. Can you imagine if you spent $500 on your own education every single month instead of on your car? 
how much nicer of a car could you actually buy cash over the long term if you did it that way? The only difference is that you're just better at delaying gratification, right? It's the same amount of resources. You're just you're just moving them differently and being okay with being rewarded later on. And as you were talking about shoes, it kind of reminded me those shoes will wear out one day. Exactly. Those clothes yeah, will exactly. break down one day. But that knowledge, that growth, and that power that you've learned from that book that you paid $20 for and spent five hours reading lasts forever. Think of delayed gratification as an asset yep. and everything and the quick gratification that you want, just the gratification that you don't have self-control for are liabilities. Yeah, exactly. Think of it as a liability and asset system and think about delaying gratification is always your greatest asset because that is going to teach you things that will last longer than those pairs of shoes, that $500 car payment, etc. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then delayed gratification completely plays into, you know, the power of your words, right? When you delay, when you delay the, when basically when someone comes at you angry, it feels really good to respond back in anger, right? But if you delay that gratification, you actually are rewarded with a peaceful transaction that might lead into something more down the road and your life will be better that way, mm. right? And, and it really just kind of boils down into, you know, motivation is just getting past delaying oh yeah getting past delaying gratification so that you can actually push past your own obstacles so that you can actually motivate yourself to accomplish what you weren't able to accomplish before mm, exactly and so it's just it is absolutely critical to your success and i think it's very appropriate that we end it on delayed gratification because it is the 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 number one thing i think that people need to master in order to be successful. And I think you have an advantage because your whole career <laughs> is very reliant on delayed gratification. But it goes to show that some careers there isn't much delayed gratification and there's less money. And then careers like Andrew's where there's a lot of delayed gratification, there's a lot more money. So you can see the ratio of the more delayed gratification there is, the more payout there is and vice versa. Yep. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's 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 really all that we have for today. Any, that's a wrap for growth. And yeah. you know, any closing comments? Yeah, guys. You know, we're coming down to the end of the year of 2020. Um, just continue to keep one foot in front of the other. Continue to write down those goals and accomplish those goals one step at a time. And 2020 is going to be a great. Um, or 2021 is going to be a great outcome. Uh, as long as you continue to follow after those goals um, and, you know, have that delayed gratification and work on it. It is something that needs to be worked on in everyone's lives. It's not that does not come naturally. There's going to be times where you feel deprived and it's because you are. But once you learn that powerful tool, that that necessity in 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 in. You're able to have such a powerful tool under your belt to have growth in your future. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, Andrew, what's your what's your Instagram? My Instagram uh, is your realtor Andy. That's all one word. Your the word realtor and then Andy. You can find me on Instagram. You're gonna see videos and posts of homes and uh, investment opportunities and clients I'm working with along with all the communities that uh, I am in charge of building. I uh, manage five job sites, a total of 73 homes we're building. I love what I do. If you guys want to see that kind of stuff, give me a follow. 
Awesome, awesome. You guys know where to find me, Bite Size Success, Chase, or actually, I should say, it's uh, Chase Elfelt on YouTube uh, under Bite Size Success. Um, but that's probably one of the places where this will be posted, so this is probably where you guys are actually listening to it, so no, no file there. Uh, <laughs> but guys, thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck, and we'll see you in our next episode slash video. Bye. Bye.